This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. You just want to go for you just want to send it? Do you just want to in this make this the beginning potentially? Absolutely. All right. Yeah. <laughs> potentially, absolutely. Here we are. Welcome to the Breaking Normal Podcast, and well, actually, and the actually, Wellness Force Podcast. Let me podcast. rephrase this. We're Breaking yes, Normal yes, yes, today. Yes. What are we doing? How would you describe well, what's happening? Uh, this is exactly we're practicing what you preach, man. We're doing a Breaking Normal system when it comes to how people normally do a podcast, mm. which is, hey, I'm going to sit across from you and ask special questions, and you're going to do the same. Uh, we're doing something totally different, which is we're just two friends having a conversation and sharing the wisdom with both audiences and potentially potentially the windom as well because <laughs> yeah. what you heard in the beginning of this podcast is us being going back and forth for a while now about <laughs> is the wind would the wind sacrifice the quality of this audio because as much as i want to be on the roof of this house enjoying this epic view yes my main intention even more important intention is for the people that are tuning into this to have a quality listening experience. So that's my intention intention, and prayer. You have always been a very intentional man. And I've and I've known you of you for almost ten years. Wow, come on! Yeah, you, what, you started on YouTube in two thousand and eight, two thousand seven. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely possible for someone to know of me for ten years for sure, yeah, easily, yeah. right? I, and that's the weird part when I meet someone. Like sometimes I wonder, did they just see like the first Rob Ross video, <laughs> and now they're meeting me? Because me today versus yesterday are different, especially today versus ten years ago. Yeah, hey, amen. Ten and, ten years ago, I was in such a different place in my life, man. Uh, I didn't even know about this breaking normal concept. I don't ever think it was in my consciousness. Uh, I think most people derive normal as what their parents tell them, what society tells them. Um, there's a huge part of my life that was, I think, normal, yet I didn't even know what normal was because I was raised in a very different environment. Um, where did you grow up? Well, I like that you asked that because this is good for me to explore. I love the recontextualization of this not being necessarily a podcast interview, but a communication between two friends. Yeah. Because my answer in that case is I'm I'm still growing up. I'm growing up right here, right now. I was born in Miami. I went to from kindergarten to college. I was mostly in Georgia. And after graduating college, I've traveled, like I was telling you, monthly to seasonally to weekly for about over a decade now, mm-hmm. except for Encinitas, which is where Deanna gave birth to Davina on yes. Neptune there. And then we, we did have a lease for 14 months there. And I'm so, I want to admit something to you. Would I, you I'm going to judge you to have a prosperous symbol in my life because the two places I'm probably the most proud of like where I have inhabited you those are the two places you visited me what does that mean yeah that's awesome well I think it just means we we're on the same frequency of uh, abundance yeah. yeah you seem to be very abundant lately <laughs> right like yeah oh yeah I think um there's a lot going on for you yeah abundant I like I like the word prosperous lately I'm 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 feeling very prosperous I um prosperity for me has come later in life than most people um, because I've, I've gotten to get out of the way of the blocks to it, which is something I'm sure you've dealt with <laughs> multiple times in life, right? Reframing what actually is abundance. Where does money come from? What does it mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, is, and how much is money correlated with prosperity? Yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah. 
a big part of my psyche wants to say prosperity is about how much money you have in the bank, but yet that's actually not really what prosperity is at all. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely some of the people that I know that have the most money act in a way that, in a way that they don't seem prosperous, which is just paradoxical in so many avenues. And then I've also seen the opposite where someone that's like, whatever they have, they're giving. Yes. So this mindset of prosperity, man, like I, I haven't understood what true prosperity was until I gave without really wanting anything in return. Mm. Like that's the think about that. Like to really give to other people without expecting any hard line in return. That to me feels like prosperity. Yeah. Yeah. I like that definition as well. I, um, I'm fascinated by the fact that I'm even here with you. We're on, we're on a freaking valley inside of a valley at a tree house with roots growing inside of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's funny. That's why I would probably correlate that more with prosperity than money in a way, but yeah. it did take money to catalyze yeah. this. And so I definitely see money being correlated with prosperity as well. Um, but yeah, this is just prosperous air. It's prosperous. I'm, I'm in prosperous water. I'm, I'm in, uh, this is a prosperous environment. Dude, how did you get here? Uh, <laughs> this is a long think. road. Yeah. So four years ago, I, seemingly synchronously stumbled across this place. Deanna, four years later, Deanna, or about four years later, Deanna was determined to go to Sedona. Determined. Why? Like, uh, that's a great question. Oh, she okay. felt called, basically. Oh, and actually, the uh, people they are here videoing, they when I asked them why they were really coming here, they said they felt called. I'm not sure if that correlates with your answer or Sedona not. Sedona calls people. Well, I came, I came out here for a mystical queen that called me. Uh, I was on Paul Check's podcast in Austin at the end of Paleo when we did our fun video clip mm-hmm. and where mm-hmm. I asked you, like, what exactly is Breaking Normal? And, and Paul, on the show, he said, well, he stopped me and it was kind of abrupt. And he said, what are you most excited about in life right now? And he kind of like put me on the spot. And I said, I'm most excited about calling in divine partnership. You know, it's been something I've been feeling for a long time. And on his show in Austin at the end of Paleo, he said, well, I'm going to, you want help with that? I'm going to give you some help. And I was like, sure. Paul Check wants to help me <laughs> d- find soul union. I'm down, dude. And, uh, and he said, uh, great. This is, this is the prayer I'm going to say to you and, and say this prayer and be patient. Um, he looked at me and he said, there's something that you really can call in if you're patient and you do it by meditating every single day. And he said, bless me that I choose my life's companion according to the laws of perfect soul union. And he said it twice. And I kind of felt like, you know, when you get programmed in a minute, I'm sure you experienced this in the tribe designs. I was like, oh, that felt really powerful. Nine days later, I came out here to do a podcast with Anahata Ananda. And then I met Carrie Michelle at Cathedral, which is an amazing hike. And, uh, and next thing I knew, I was like, okay, I'm coming back to Sedona. This is, this woman has gravity for me. And um, it was a pivotal moment in my life. I think anybody listening can relate to this. There are certain guides, certain spirit guides that come into our lives. And I, I consider Paul Check to be a, somewhat of a spirit guide, a big spirit guide for me. And um, that was a big moment, man. I'm curious on your journey if you've had guides. Do you have any spirit guides? Well, I've definitely met Paul Check. And spirit guides, what I mean, to me, that means a guide with the spirit. And yeah, I have infinite spirit guides. Faux show. Oh, infinite spirit guides. Yeah, yeah. Like the spirit of what's blowing through the wind right now. The wind spirit. Yeah. Me and Pocahontas both. What's your relationship to God? Like, do you feel God's presence out here? Yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, <laughs> my answer to that currently is that I feel like that I am. 
that you are God. That I am that I am. Yeah. This is kind of the sense that I think we all have as we go along this spiritual evolution is like waking up to the fact that we are God. Yeah. And it's not, you know, it can be radically triggering to some people of certain religions, but for even Christianity, my understanding, my understanding is that a major part of Christianity is that having the Holy Spirit live within. Yeah. So I trust, I trust, I, I trust I'm radiating the Holy Spirit and I feel that way, and, and sometimes my mind is like, wow, is this? I question it, too. Yeah. And I think questioning it is part of the the, the beauty, for sure. There, there was a moment. I don't know how much I want to call that in. But. <laughs> there was a moment uh, when I met you in Texas, and I think I two asked you. Two hummingbirds just. Did the two hummingbirds the two just hummingbirds back. just touched and then went out. So this please continue. This got, must be very important. I just got blessed on this podcast with two hummingbirds. So there was this moment where I asked you, like, what was breaking normal? And you gave the definition, and I wasn't satisfied. I wanted more. Like, I, I really, because there's so much context and nuance to how you got here. And there's a part of me that's like, I knew you as one of the raw bras. So I thought you were a nutrition specialist, and you were helping people uh, up-level their lives. And then I lost touch with you for, gosh, maybe even like five years or four or five years. And so when I saw you in Austin... I thought, wow, you've created so much compared to the last time I saw you. And and, and literally in less than five years, probably like four years. Mm, wow. Wow. Thank you. That's an affirmation for sure. And I uh, thank you for also uh, admitting your non-satisfaction yes. <laughs> about my definition of breaking normal. Because <laughs> as you know, one of my favorite parts of the Tao Te Ching is right in the beginning when they, when the author <laughs> alludes to the idea of the best way to strip the power from something is another, naming it. <laughs> another hummingbird came by. <laughs> Real fast, right across our face. That was like two feet in front of our fourth eyes. Um, and I, so I do believe it's a little uncategorizable, which I'm uh, I'm proud of. Like mystery, like for tribe design, we have like four modalities. And one of the modalities is mystery. To leaving space, like intentionally leaving space for the unknown. For leaving something better to happen than I could think of. Mm. So I do, I embrace the leveraging mystery to the brand apparel of breaking normal. And breaking normal to me is, I'll, I'll re, do you, want me, is a, do you want me to redefine maybe Please, in this moment yeah, and see yeah. what it means at this point? It's, uh, so normal, first we get to define what normal is. Normal, I would say, is if someone decides to base their choices on culture, and fitting into culture, that's normal. Breaking normal would be basing your choices on what lights you the up. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless of what it looks like, with love. I like to add that. that I do think there is an element. This is not um, only embodying the warrior element. This is to me is like, what lights you up? And do it. And it might look weird, and we're, I'm here to support you, and even if it looks weird. And, and I'll tell you, if I judge you, I'll, I'll, I'll judge my judgments, and I'll judge you, but yeah. still do what is lighting you up. Yeah, because yeah, there's a big part of everyone's life where they're either moving towards the dream or not. And the dream, for some people, might look kind of funky. Right. Yeah. Oh, weird. Very weird. Very weird. Yeah. <laughs> very, yeah. I think it, the, that's the kind of the cool thing about being a human being and potentially all being one, but all being different. I think at our core essence of the human human experience is uniqueness, and 
Yeah, the most of the people that are extremely influential and maybe even judged to be prosperous seem to be weird, too, at their core. Like, wow, I don't know if I understand that part of them, but yeah. that's weird and wonderful. All the people that create big things in the world typically have a very fascinating or interesting personal life. Uh, I met you in the back of a valley in a treehouse with a fountain inside of it. So you <laughs> you have a very interesting life, man. I'm like, trying to think of where, where are you talking about the fact that right here. You, okay, you mean tonight? You met tonight? Me. Today. Okay, okay. I was yeah. like, the, where the first time? Where about the very first time we met in person? Well, I think I think the very first time I met you was at Whole Foods in Encinitas when there was still a Whole Foods there. I think so. I believe, and there was a huge part of me that was like, who is this guy? And I followed you, and I've seen what you've created, and I've become more and more fascinated, more and more curious yes, 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 about yes. how these people that come into this design actually design their life because there's so many, let's be real. There's so many influencers and coaches, the coach coaches, the coach coaches. <laughs> and there's so many people out there that are, that are saying they're impacting people's lives. But when it really comes down to it, man, they're, they're not. And I think the proof is in the results. The proof is in people actually living that dream or, or, you know, designing their tribe. And, and I, even with wellness force too, we've had like t so many iterations. There was, there was a point in my creation where I had a come to Jesus moment in Vegas where I said, you know what, I'm going to actually talk about what I'm most afraid of. And I'm going to make that the number one thing. And the thing that I'm most afraid of is I'm hosting a wellness podcast and I'm not living my life well. So I'm just going to be open and honest about what I'm learning to live my life well. And, and this is where the whole physical and emotional intelligence came from is my own journey. Like I've been through in the past two years, I've probably been through more healings and thresholds and learning and growth than in 37 years. And I'm sure I, I, I bet the same thing has happened to you as you've up leveled big and you're helping people create tribes and create their dreams. Like you have to go through your shit too. <laughs> yeah. It's a, I, what, I, what I'm reminded of as what you're saying is that most people are teaching what they want to master. And that's good for, I think, the teacher to realize that as well. <laughs> like, the one teaching is to realize, like, man, yeah. maybe. And I was gonna, I was also thinking, like, when you're saying that you weren't living your life well, I'm like, who's to judge that? Well, I think it was my observer giving me feedback and noticing you're, there's more potential here than what you're conceptualizing. And it wasn't actually from a place of shame or pressure. It was from a place of understanding and seeing the breadth of this life and what is possible. And uh, living, I was living my life out of fear. I was, I was afraid of being fully seen. I was afraid of being judged for putting out content that wasn't perfect or wasn't amazing. Like ego was in full swing. Mm -hmm. So there was a massive part of me that wanted to do everything alone. Like I wanted to be the typical archetype of like the masculine lone wolf that didn't need tribe, didn't need community, mm -hmm. didn't really need anyone. Um, and that led me to almost dying on a mountain last year where I was, I was hiking up Mount Whitney and um, I had pulled my calf muscle like three months prior and I was like, oh, I'm just going to go up the mountain anyways. And I was just like white knuckling and trying to make business happen and grow and all these different things that was coming from a place of lack. It wasn't coming from a place of true abundance. And uh, when I went to the top of Mount Whitney, there was a moment where it was the full moon. It was August 29th of last year. I'm laying there and I can see my heart beating. I get out of the tent. I walk around. It's 12,000 feet. So it's, we're up there. And I went back to the tent. I look up and there's a jellyfish like I was hallucinating. I later found out that when you're at elevation, one of the key characteristics of, of having acute mountain sickness is hallucinations and uncontrolled emotion. I was crying. I didn't know why. I kept crying. I was hallucinating. I go down the mountain and I had my first conversation with 
with God, I think, ever really in my life since I was a little kid. And when I say God, I mean the universal force that connects us all. Mm-hmm. And that was a pivotal moment for me where it was like, ah, everything's going to be different from now on. Every single thing is going to be different from now on. And um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you said two things. All right. That, that's all right. So um, you, yeah, that, everything's going to be different from now on. I think it's a great way to live. Yeah. That might be like a, a mantra to a, sh- a mantra shortcut to presence because I think that's true. I think nothing happens twice. So that's awesome. And then when you met, when you said when you met me and you were saying, who is this guy? I also, that's what I think. I think why you judge that about me is how, that's how I aim to live my life in a way. Ah. And I'm happy that you judged me in that way. Like, who is this guy? Because that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, who am I? I am, I am, at least that. I don't know. I'm, I'm figuring this out. This is crazy. This is a crazy thing. I was just thinking about this <laughs> yesterday. Like, nothing ever feels like I thought it would feel. It actually feels even better. And sometimes even more challenging, too. Yeah. Than how I felt. Like, if you would have told me that I'd be here with you at 39, how old are you? Oh, that's, so I decided to be very honest about it. I aim to be extremely transparent about yeah. most everything except my age. I decided oh. to keep a secret. Okay, it's a secret. Yeah. All right, so let's just say you're youthfully a whatever age you are. Yeah. Uh, and I, I was like, oh, it's going to be this way when I'm this age. And it's so that normal preach that most of us get from our parents, a lot of it is actually just their own fears and insecurities they're projecting onto us. Your, yeah. li- your life gets to be this way because um, that's how I know you'll be safe. And I think that's what drives a lot of people's evolution, like their disconnection from spirit, their disconnection from God is actually taking on other people's beliefs as if it was their own. Yeah. When I, when I mentioned culture earlier for the definition of breaking normal, yeah. I've, the propagators of this culture that I'm alluding to are definitely typically parents, preachers and teachers. And it's, yeah, it is, idolize, it's basically idolization. To, and bla- and borderline blasphemy. If I'm going to live my life in a way where I am trying to guess what other people are judging about me and trying to fit myself into that mold, that is like treating them like God. And that would be called idolization from my understanding. And then, and also that can be with trying to live up to the expectations of our parents or our preachers or our teachers or anyone that thought they were smart enough to teach us a lesson. Um, to consider the lesson, but not to just blindly swallow it as the truth. Yeah. Because some of that, I don't know if that was the blue pill or the red pill on some of those. (laughs) But I think we always have that choice. Do you think that we are potentially living in a fractal, unlimited universe where this could be a simulation and that your soul is just recycled? This is the only Daniel that'll ever be, so it's special. It's the only Josh Trent that'll ever be. But do you have a sense that there is unlimited souls that get recycled and put back into existence. I think that like I can definitely be open to that interpretation. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it becomes, I think ineffable in a way I've heard this, like when people have had near death experiences that they word. don't yeah. know how to describe what happened. And I'm thinking like, that's a, that could be a good description. <laughs> but I'm not certain. I don't know. Like I might, I might think it like, what if we were just as like maybe my red blood cells have a consciousness and they're having their experience? How crazy that must be because they yeah. they have the white blood cells to deal with. They have all these. They're going all around. They're going on a journey constantly. <laughs> they're like dying off and they're being rebirthed. Yeah. And it, does that mean the red blood cells were recycled? Or I don't know. Is yeah, it's a good good description. 
Yeah, I, I've been studying a lot of Alan Watts. Are you familiar with Alan Watts? Uh, yeah, I love Alan Watts. I mean, yeah, I've listened to Alan Watts. Yeah, he's awesome. Who's who have been your your teachers, man? Who's your teachers? Um, yeah, man, that's a great question. <laughs> I definitely aim to learn from everyone. And Davina, who you just met, is probably if I had to put it on one person that's currently alive. Like she's a, so cute. My daughter, oh. man, what a teacher! What a beautiful soul! What a teacher! What a teacher. And the weird thing is I feel like that's how she learns the best. Like I feel like that's how the, – if we kind of do anything about the education system, let's just reverse the roles and have the, the kids teach the adults. Yes. Let's start there. Um, so, yeah, her and then my wife. Wow. A teacher, my family, myself, the creator of all this. So uh, no no actual like – You know, I've met Paul Check. What a great – I've had, I've learned so much from Paul Check. I've learned J.P. Sears. Yeah. I've, uh, you know, I'm, let me think of my most influential friends. Let me think of my like Brandon Hawk, J.P. Sears, my brother, my wife, and my daughter most currently. And then um, – my family would probably, and then you know Jordan Bowditch. There's so many friends I have, but I've been particularly inspired by Laird Hamilton, mm. for instance. What about Laird? I think him embodying like his genius and being this adventure. Like his aim is to be like the adventure dad, maybe to encourage adventure yeah. and courage in his kids. Like maybe without well, judge as an ideal male archetype in a way. And that he surfs, and that I've met him, and I'm like, he's so weird, <laughs> and like, is he a dolphin? Just like mystifying and fun. He seems mystifying and committed to having fun. Yeah. And I'm like, that's pretty interesting. I'm pretty inspired. And he seems to be really good at it. <laughs> yeah, and he's got this, what seems to be dream life. I mean, it's, it seems like he's he's surfing, he's got businesses, he's got family. Like, he's doing it right, man. There's a recipe for this. Yeah. What have you learned? What's your recipe? Well, I think I would judge his recipe and mine when, and, and maybe Laird, if you're listening to this, let me know. <laughs> but oh, like yeah. staying in the genius, mm. like staying goes back to this, the, what we talked about earlier, like what lights you up. Yeah. He seems like obsessed with surfing big waves yeah. and by him staying committed to that, man, it seems like everything else falls into place. I was listening to his wife on Joe Rogan and she was like, you don't understand if he doesn't surf, he'll die. Like a part of his soul will die. And I thought that is what we all want, isn't it? We all want to be in a union where our partner allows us and propels us to do the thing that is our dream. But yet it's, it's so not the case. It's a fraction of a fraction of people that have that kind of, of play and interplay. Mm-hmm. What do you mm-hmm. think about that? Man? Yeah, well, I think about that. That's a good question too. It's <laughs> well, what's the idea that we use? How much? How much percentage of our brain have you heard that we? I've use? heard it's like eight percent. Eight percent. Okay, cool. Four, four percent, eight percent, something. Like that? It seems like there's a certain percentage of matter within an entity that is stagnant, that or that's unused, and. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately or not, whatever you think of this, is see, and I think Napoleon Hill, if you've ever read Outwitting the Devil, I've heard of this book. Yeah, he yeah. is kind of echoing his sentiment that potentially, that maybe ninety-eight percent of people or so are drifting, drifting like the normal. Yeah, and. That's, well, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. I don't think, I think I have participated in that pool, especially when I, all the way up to, all the way up to, nah, yeah, it's probably inherently never, I never did it, but I did participate in a system that almost like got me in it, and that was probably my school. I was going yep. to school. And going yep. to church consistently, I'm also suspicious of. 
What did you, what was your subject <laughs> in school? I oh I majored in biology pre med. Okay. Well you want to try and be a doctor. Uh that was the idea. That yeah. was the idea. It was just Did like, that come from mom and dad? Yeah, definitely. Oh. That was definitely influenced. Okay. Yeah, that was definitely influenced by them. It was also influenced by myself. It was just like, oh, you know, like I'm looking at a mountain, this mountain that we're looking at, and I hear like, oh, there's another top on top of that. I'm like, well, I might as well go to the top. And so when I in college, I thought the top was like being a doctor. So I was like, let's just prepare for the top. Yeah. And uh, and that was definitely influenced by my parents. My mom's a nurse and my dad's a pharmacist. So oh, what's better yeah. than that? Oh, a, a right. surgeon or like <laughs> cardiac surgeon or a, a whatever, man, a medical doctor, basically. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I decided I'd take a year off of before I went to medical school. I took the MCATs and everything. And that year off was like when this started. <laughs> what year was that? About 11 years ago. So I, gra- I must have graduated college 2007. This, this is why I love podcasts, because when else would you and I ever talk about your life in this way? This is the greatest part about having a recorded conversation is like people are hungry for these shows because there's a depth and there's a nuance exploration that would never almost happen at a party mm-hmm. or at a gathering mm-hmm. or anywhere else. Because mm-hmm. I can see how many people you're reaching. Like you, you've the Ohm Daddy clip of you oming your beautiful baby like that reached like 50 million people. Oh yeah, definitely. Or maybe even yeah, more. Definitely I think, more. I feel like so. the, the BBC did like a wire yeah, review. I don't know how to track it. If anyone knows how to track it, I would. I'm kind of curious, but you know, that's uh, obviously for whatever reason I can judge that. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's been shared all like news channels, like in India and Russia, and, yeah. and like the original upload I think has reached 80 million on my Facebook or something, like with 40 million views. But it got it got re-uploaded so much. I had so many okay, people okay. wanting to license it in the beginning. I didn't license it. That was a bit of a, I had a, I had a, what do I do about this? Mm. What do you attribute that to? Why did that catch so hard? Oh, uh, baby. All right. Daughter, father. First of all, daughter, father archetype. Who can't relate to that? Yeah. (laughs) The male and the woman. Everyone can relate to the, the father, daughter element. And everyone can relate to anything so close to the source. That's why like, who can't like who can resist a, a newborn baby yeah. or someone that's about to transition or die? Those are like I feel like that's whatever is so connected to the source, so close to the source that there's obvious a magnetism there. And then ohm, ohm is allegedly the universal resonance, correct, or something like that. It's like the right. heartbeat, the rhythm of the heartbeat of the earth. There's so many theories around it. I've I've even heard that it's connected to um, the word in the beginning. There was the word, and the word was God. And that was the sound. That's the primordial sound. It was the first sound of existence. Was the ohm, ohm, ohm. Yeah. This so is there's why this. we're all so drawn to it. And apparently, it mimics the in the the belly, the feeling of the baby being being inside the in the woman. So anyway, she was crying, screaming and crying, and then 42 seconds later, she was sleeping with one word. I think it's just like it's like mystified. We couldn't go into it, but it hit hard, and it's still going viral. People, whenever like a big Instagram page like just yeah. shares it, it's like, oh, there it goes again. So do you feel like that's helped uh, the Tribe Design and you to create oh, this? Oh, definitely. So many people that have come to Tribe Design originally learned about me through the own baby <laughs> video. So... Yeah, and I've also thought about Davina, you know, as my greatest teacher. I think Davina, I'm going to judge Davina to be the the person at the earliest and the, the shortest amount of time of being alive to inspire the most amount of people to get in, in, uh, more in touch with their breath. And I, I'm happy about that. Yeah. It's like it's a big thing for me to have that judgment. Proud dad moment. I, and I'm involved, so like... <laughs> 
Yippee. Did you did you know that you were calling in your daughter when you did, or was that the universe kind of working through you? Uh, well, so the funny thing is, it was in, like it was like 18 minutes into a live video, <laughs> and then she started screaming. I was at home, and everyone went crazy, like including my friend Dustin Thomas, who we have the same birthday, but he he didn't share. He didn't tell me how old he is. And that's what inspired me to stop sharing my birthday okay, year. Okay. So anyways, he started going crazy. And I was like, what? Dustin Thomas on a live video going crazy? That's like breaking normal right there. And then I was like, wait a minute. And I rewatched that like segment. And I re-uploaded that segment 42 seconds long. How to Stop a Crying Baby. And then like literally for every hour, it got a million views for up to about 24 hours. And then it started getting shared everywhere. So then it just got dissipated. And I don't know what happened. It, like, it was like... <sighs> And then it went everywhere. I don't know where it all went. Wow. I mean, talk about fueling a marketing mission, <laughs> right? Because how many people came to you because of that? Oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. I think my Facebook page went from like probably twenty or 30,000 to a, over 100,000 pretty yeah. much within those 24 hours. Uh, your heart has navigated you here for something really special and big. I sense that from you. Thank you. Yeah, I judge that for you as well. Yeah. And I judge you to be um, on that path and like determined to be on that path. Very determined. And you know what I'm learning most about relationship is being in the flow. Because I, I, I mean, even like I was telling you last year, like almost dying on the mountain, my greatest lesson was it's okay to be in flow and it's okay to let go. And there's another third axis. It's okay to actually have spurts of uh, extreme effort you know, an extreme doing. Those three are like everything that I balance. How do I be in flow state? How do I let go? Also, how do I do as much work as humanly possible? You know, <laughs> these three, I don't know if that relates to what you teach at Tribe Design, but there's some reason why people come to you to learn how to actually create the world and the reality they want. It definitely relates to my life. This is what I've learned. <laughs> when I give myself like a, a desire. I, I just listened to the complete series of Neville Goddard. Have you heard of this? Guy? This is the original man. Like the OG. He's the one that trained all the masters in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. I just listened to the complete series. Neville Goddard. They finished today. Yes. So he has a good way of describing it. So I'll probably echo some of his sentiments in it because I can so relate to it. I believe Napoleon Hill was his apprentice. That would this, make This is so, what I've heard. That would make so much sense. Yeah. Oh, you saw it. Did you see those, Greg? Hummingbird. Oh, man. Those things just got you. They're coming Greg, back. They're, next they're floating time, right back Next there. time it comes back, just reach out in the sky and grab it. <laughs> just catch it. <laughs> wow. Those are beautiful. Hummingbirds are so – the guy I interviewed last night was telling me about his uh, belief in fairies. It was fascinating. One of my good friends. And he described fairies in a cool way. Side subject. Check out the podcast from the acupuncture dude. Yeah. That's coming out next, Greg. What's his name? What's Adam uh, DeViro. Adam okay. DeViro. Yeah, he's great. All right. Great guy. Cool. Uh, where, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the formula. The formula. Yeah. I. What? What is my heart desire? What is my heart desire? Something. There's like It's like a hummingbird. It is a flicker. It's like you got to – it's a subtlety for me to pay attention to. But when I when I catch it, I'm like, oh, that could – like I don't know where that hummingbird went. But if I go with it, Wow. And if I, so this feels like that in a way, like a hummingbird feeling of the heart. If I can catch that hummingbird, as you, as you alluded to, mm. and then be like, okay, what do I want to do with this hummingbird? I'm on the hummingbird. I'm like, let's go to New Zealand and run a tribe design. What, what calls to my heart the most? What seemed to make the most sense in my life was this tribe design in Sedona, September 13th. It's like, okay, September 13th, Sedona Tribe Design. It's the full moon. It's the full harvest moon. It's Friday the 13th. Like, that's a little edgy for me. I'm like, should I plan an event on Friday the 13th? But I'm like, man, this is calling me to do this. Deanna is demanding to go here for some reason. I know Sedona's epic. So committed. 
committed to the desire. That's the phase one. Commit yeah, that's to phase com- commit to the desire. Commit I'm like, okay, the that's desire. the desire I'm gonna flow with. Now I have a and and to put it in a container. Why is this podcast so epic? You were alluding to. Firstly, we're putting it in a container. That's makes that's make, creates volatility. That creates chemistry. That creates life, force. That creates all kinds of things. So I yeah I commit to the container. Tribe design and I've been doing retreats before tribe design with the Rob Ross and all that. Even before the Rob Ross, I was doing retreats. No way. And yeah, yeah, we did a few retreats in Costa Rica called Pura Vida Escape. Okay. An alternative spring break, basically. So it seems like this retreat element has always called to you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Basically, I love going on adventures, and then I love showing up like sharing the highlights and then using that as a volatile container for like quantum leaps of consciousness it's hard to quantify quantum leaps in personal development isn't it yeah i mean depending on where where someone starts and where they finish i can say this um a good avatar jp sears did his first comedy show at our first tribe design what and i'm pretty certain this will be the second time because we were in Hawaii or recent or in, yeah in January we did a tribe design and he's most likely sold out a show same date we were doing a tribe design in Ho- on the Big Island or the next day and this time he's gonna be in Flagstaff or Sedona during our event probably selling out a show again and I'm like what is this like is this the, is like angels like giving me sprinkles like why is this happening this well, is I, so funny I feel like you you had told me that you gave JP a push to go into comedy I think you mentioned this to me five years ago in Encinitas. You had said, hey, man, this is really cool. You did some of the earliest videos with JPS. Yeah, definitely. I pushed them into YouTube. And then, yeah, when I saw this comedic element, because yeah. we would see it off camera and we're always like, JP. You got to record bro, that. What are you doing? <laughs> and then all of a sudden I saw that ultra spiritual video and a lot of other people saw it. And Dude, we're like, whoa, how, whoa. How, how do you live this unconventional life? How do you do it? Yeah, yeah, so I've been committing to the desire that the phase one. Yeah, yeah. Phase one. And then the funny thing is, like, going all the way I can to do what I can to without being out of balance. Like, what I judge to be harmonious, how much can I commit to this? So, like, when I was w- walking up that mountain, that was edgy, but I kept going. I kept going. And maybe it was a similar thing that you had to the w- Mount Whitney. Yeah. But I was questioning. I was like, is this too much? Like, pushing myself to the final edge. And then, uh, so for tribe designs, like that means pushing it to like, I'm going to be talking about it. I'm going to be sharing it. I'm going to be committed to, it, I'm going to be remembering it. I'm going to move to the place before I get there. I'm going to scout out the best spots. I'm going to commit to it until the date and what I can do. And I could have certain goals. Like maybe I could have goals to have 50 people at an event and maybe I only had 28 and it's the last day. Yeah. What do I do then? I let go. <laughs> I let go and celebrate. Huh. let go and celebrate and the funniest thing is and this is what I want to ask you is when I let go like because it was like time to go to sleep or something it was just like you, I had to let go to be healthy or to be okay with myself to survive then a miracle happened that's I'm just scared of how many miracles happened at that point because I don't know if I want to keep that I don't know if I want to keep that pattern I'm like how can I make the miracles just be Maybe they're not supposed to be that easy, but like, why is it that so many miracles were so correlated with me pushing my edge of committing to the desire of that, like that hummingbird beat of my heart? Yes. And then the letting go. Yeah, letting go. And then like, maybe I've been scared, probably crying, probably like I got, I don't know, maybe I messed something up. And then all of a sudden like, boom. And that, um, I think is correlated with the Sabbath day, according to Neville Goddard. 
And that's according. That's also what he, from my understanding, how I interpreted his book is what he means by the virgin giving birth. That like there's a there is a period of pregnancy. That no matter first, if you, if someone is listening and they want to ha- fulfill a desire in their life, a potential plan could be to close your eyes and get in the deepest possible meditation flow state. Whatever you have to do, you have to go get high on oxygen near the cold water. Whatever mm-hmm. you have to do, and to fe- remember that future and to feel the feelings you would have in that future until you almost feel like, oh wow, that I just did it. That was it. And then to let go until you see it in real life. And to not worry about it in the meantime, like you, that's you getting pregnant. That's the Virgin Mary yeah. getting pregnant, yeah. according to Neville. <laughs> wow, I just got a chill because I was talking to Noah Lampert. He has a podcast and he has a network called MindPod Network. And he told me the exact formula of how to use my imagination to call in anything I want at all. And the very first thing that he said was, once you get very clear on exactly what it is you want, maybe this pregnancy period that you and Neville have connected with, but after that pregnancy period, be very clear. And then this is the key, supercharge it with emotion, supercharge it with the feeling, the actual energy of having it right now, instead of like coming from, oh, I got to do those extra things. Actually, what Noah is telling me is don't do anything extra at all. Do nothing extra and just hold the imagination and supercharge it with the emotion of having the thing right now. What do you feel about that? Oh, I'm definitely concerned of how well that might work. Right? (laughs) 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 I'm definitely concerned of how well that might work. I am going to try that. I promise everyone listening. Like this, this is where I've come in my crossroads with wellness force is like, uh, I don't want to do a few things in my business anymore. So what would it be like to call in revenue and do things that don't have anything to do with what I don't want to do and everything to do with what I already have, what I know is true. And that's like, it's a pretty uh, tingly feeling, my friend. Like I'm sitting here with you feeling that in my body, like the challenge of that and also like the ultimate freedom. Is it in the letting go? Is it me just focusing on the imagination? Well, what I'm, what I'm getting now is I'm, I'm wondering if one of our initiations of being a human, just like an initiation to see, like to see the top of t- Arizona would be, I need to go to the top of that mountain. In a way, that would be an initiation to see a better view. Yes. So I'm wondering if the, initi- the initiation to manifesting our desires is being able to feel what it would be like before they happened. Is that the initiation? That to me sounds real true. <laughs> because it's almost like, I almost think as a, a um, an elder or a parent or even to a dog, it's like, or to a god, to a, its creation, this might be like how you deserve that to happen it's like this is how you get it you first get initiated by feeling it before it happened it also could be called walking by faith or it could be called a mustard seed of faith well i don't care who you are or what you lead uh if you look at all the clues from the masters they all harnessed faith faith was like a wedge in the dream they created if they didn't have faith none of them could do anything yeah and that's also another echo of Neville and my experience of this book and my life if like if someone is not doing something because someone else said they can't do it you have worshipped a man and you forgot that you are I am and it's time to remember what's happening and and to celebrate it and to make the most of it even when it's hard there's this ancient text that I've heard of it's called the Logos and in the Logos, there's a phrase that everyone is, comes into this world, this existence, and they all drink from the river of forgetfulness. 
And when they drink from the river of forgetfulness, that's kind of how we're here to actually remember. It's a remembering process of who the fuck we are. Wait, because on your show? <laughs> sorry. A little too late to ask you no, that. No, no, yeah. Uh, it, it would be more taboo for you to say sorry than a customer. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so, so what I feel like is that everyone does drink from this river of forgetfulness. And in my life, I've just remembered who I am. And that's what's actually made what I'm doing grow. It's what it's what's called an abundance for me, mm-hmm. and so uh, there's this question that I've been pondering lately, and it's like, well, what is what is the next version of myself? Like, how can I remember how powerful I actually am, even with all the things that I've gone through? How do I do that? And I'm curious if that's ever come up for you, that even at the stage of growth that you're at, and, and the people that you're serving in the world, and the people that are attracted to the mission, like, what is the next version? What's the next version of Daniel that that maybe even brings up a little bit of of fear? Or, or an edge, right? An edge of growth. Yeah, that's that. That's like the who am I? Like that one, the honor. Because that, to me, is... I, I've had people that have like joined us in our travels and lived in a way that was very similar to us. And it seemed very overwhelming. It seemed overwhelming and it wasn't for them. And I think because it, it brought up the fear of that. Like, wow. If I can... If, if all this is available, what am I going to choose? And that is confronting. And I, yeah, that's that's a, something I've been confronted with continuously, um, especially with technology. There's so much available yes. to us. Yes. So it's so like it might the name of the game for me and maybe for others, <laughs> as I get distracted by the hummingbird. And maybe it's not distraction, but it's not to get distracted um, externally and pay attention internally so that we can create that's our like our joy of being as a human to be able to create uh yeah so i want to remind myself at this point to be internally focused like for my vision board because there's so much out there right now so much and this place helps this place like being right here right now helps i think the environment's helpful (laughs) well environment like we were talking about this before we jump on man you had mentioned like environment is so crucial Mm -hmm. and i'm in an apartment right now and i've outgrown it and so i'm ready to expand and move to a new place and constantly traveling i mean that's got to bring a lot of novelty but it's also got to bring a lot of challenge yeah for sure for sure yeah i was also thinking that was one of the things that um I wonder if drug, like certain drugs, or whatever is classified as drugs, yeah, it brings up the same situation with people, of having freedom. Mm. I was like, wait a minute, if all this is po- like if I'm, if this is there's this much possible. That's scary. Well, because it comes down to how does one choose? Yeah, because if you choose one path, you're literally maybe choosing not choosing infinite other paths. Yeah. Yeah, life is. I listened to Alan Watts this morning, and he in in like a song format, and he said, "Life is weird. (laughs) (laughs) Life is life is so strange, and it's so beautiful at the same time. Life is weird. What if it was like a bubble? And it's it's all about everything's about to all become nothing, just like pop, like a bubble. Yeah." I don't know. I've seen bubbles come and go, and I don't know if we're a bubble that's coming and going, and I don't know if I'm just one little speckle on the edge of that bubble that thinks it's the whole bubble, and it might be, or what exactly is happening, but it's weird. It's weird, and I'm happy to be ex- be able to explore it with people that are yeah. willing to. They're willing to and right. not so distracted by the cultural influences, the virus of the mind. 
Yeah, a lot of people that want to create, they get caught up in the mind. And I have people that reach out to me all the time. They're like, how do I start a podcast? How do I do the thing? How do I do the thing? And I think they're starting. Like, they're on the path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, yeah, that but, question right there. But the yeah. challenge is, is that, that, like, it doesn't, the mind doesn't matter when it comes to really creating. It's, it's really about what someone believes in their heart. That's, that's how one creates. Yeah, man, on that note, I want to honor you because you just told me before we started a one month or a week away or something from 300 episodes. Is that yes, correct? Yes. Which one? Uh, you know, it's uh, somewhere I think it, between. I, I think it'll be next month, yeah. Okay, that yeah, yeah. is. Um, so there you go. Here we are. We are in the presence of someone that has done 300 podcasts. And how do you do? You yeah. have a, Do you have a creative constraint of how do you do them? Are they online? Are they only in person? Are they both mixed? Dude, they're both, man. Yeah. They're, okay. I mean, with, in person is the best, though, because I can feel your breath, I can sense your energy. Mm-hmm. So can everyone else. And uh, Skype is cool, but the thing with Skype is that uh, sometimes people are different when they're far away compared to in person. Because, you know, our bodies, we resonate a six-foot radius of electron transport chains. Mm-hmm. So there's something going on with you as this, there's something going on with me. This is like the verbal dance that we're in. Mm-hmm. And so I attribute having 300 shows and having people that actually want to listen to my ability to really just get to the truth as quickly as possible. I just want to figure out what somebody's really about. And that's what guides me in a conversation, you know. There you go. So that that's your commitment in a that's way. My that's commitment. your commit. That's like the desire you're committed to is. And is that what scares you the most too? Because I remember that being the original. Because I could see that's those being question. DNA, the that's DNA a, of sorts. That's such a good question, man. Yeah, I, I think so. I think <laughs> I think the very thing that scares me is what is my truth in every single moment, and do I have the courage to speak it out there? Because that is exactly what I'm finding in everyone else. Yeah, yeah, it's like crazy. We've done so many crazy different exercises in trap design, and like eye gazing might be the scariest still, because that might be correlated with really getting to know someone. Yeah, and I wonder if that's the DNA to to not only like maybe that's the Jacob's ladder, like the DNA, but to success or to ascending is really getting to know someone, including yourself. And doing what scares you in a healthy way. I think that's everything. <laughs> right? Seems like a good DNA. I me. mean, there's. I don't believe, based on my path, that there's been any other way except for constantly doing things that scare me a little or a lot. It's the only way. Because, you know, there was a part of me that in an old life where I was working in corporate America, I, I actually got the gift of being fired almost six years ago from a corporate job. And I'll never forget, when I drove home... I was working in uh, the technology sector for Active Network. I was a trainer for 10 years in fitness. My background was health and fitness for 10 years. And when I left fitness, I was like, oh, it was like David Dita calls the space between stories. Like, where do we do? Where do we actually go? And um, I went to corporate America because I just wanted this safe existence. You know, I wanted to feel like everything was okay. I had money coming in. I wasn't really having the, I didn't cultivate the courage to, to live life on purpose. I just wanted safety. And I will never forget the feeling when I got fired from that corporate job because I had just broken up with uh, my girlfriend. I got fired from my job. We put my mom in a mental home. And all of this happened within the space of like six to eight months. So the universe was just like pummeling me down, right? And I think it's only when we get our asses kicked and get really beat down to our knees that we find out who the hell we are. We remember who we are. It's through that challenge and adversity. And when I was driving home, there was a sense of fear and there was also a sense of complete exuberance and, and like a refreshment of my soul. Because I knew at that point, this is 2014, end of 2014, I knew at that point, I was either gonna do something that I cared about or I was gonna die. 
because I didn't want to go back to corporate life. I didn't want to go back to the normal, right? I didn't want to go back to the normal because the normal wasn't who I, I'm a weird dude. <laughs> I'm a really weird dude, right? I'm sitting next to a weird dude as well. So I think there's always been that part of me that was a little bit afraid to bring out the, the weird. And it was only over the course of those five years that uh, a part of my soul expanded, a huge part of my heart expanded. We reached um, a million downloads last year on the podcast. And so, you know, all this happened because shit, man, I was just really willing to have the courage to come from the beatdown. I think a lot of us get beatdowns in life. And, you know, there's a scene from Rocky where he's talking to his son, I think. And he's like, life's going to beat you down to your knees. And it's up to you to decide what happens after that. I mean, that there's wisdom in that. There's wisdom in these movies, these archetypes. And what I pull from that is the only way that I broke my normal was by getting myself broken. I had to be broken to break my own normal. And so I think sometimes the universe gives us these adversities. Well, a lot of the times so that we know what choice really comes from. And I feel like choice comes from, do I believe in something so much that I'm willing to die for it? Do I believe in something so much that I'm willing to go through any challenge or, or surmount any mountain to find the true top of the mountain? And I think that's what's made the biggest difference for me in my life, man, is getting beat down to the point where I was like, I'd rather die than go back to the old life. <laughs> I'd rather die than go back to the normal, you know? Is there anything that you, when you said that, that caught my ear, that you'd believe in to die for it? Yeah. Yeah. What What would I die for now? I, I guess I just wanted I, to explore what that meant to yeah, you. Yeah, I think, I think I would much rather, I would go through any challenge or I would I would overcome any obstacle and just trust that my message and my mission here on the planet my, the whole reason I'm here is to dilute the toxicity in this world to do my little part to dilute the toxicity and I'm doing that through discovering amazing humans like you and holding a podcast where we discover we're in this discovering process of what is physical and emotional intelligence that's what wellness force is all about how do we become intelligent because intelligent isn't how smart I am Intelligence has nothing to do with how much information I have. Intelligence has everything to do with how do I gather information, how do I apply it, and the most important thing, how do I embody it? Am I a walking embodiment of my gathering and my applying? And if I have that figured out, and if I can embody my lessons about, hey, this is what I think physical intelligence really is, this is what I think emotional intelligence really is, and I can share that to somebody, and somebody can write me an email, and they can cry and tell me that a podcast changed their life, or, or someone messages me on Facebook and says how depressed they were and they listened to a show and it, and it helped them, that's worth dying for. I would much rather live a life where I was putting out information and being a conduit for this dilution of the toxicity because, man, this world has a lot of toxicity. And that, and that toxicity is a river that feeds people towards the, the normal village where a lot of our brothers and sisters live. They live in the normal village. And so, yeah, I'd die for that. I'm happy I asked. Thank you for that yeah. exploration. Yeah, I would, I would die for that. Man. <laughs> yeah. How long do you usually do your podcast for? Is there? A, do you have a creative constraint on that? Yeah, like what is your I, constraint and commitment on these podcasts? Mine. So, so you know what I mean by my, for me. Yeah. I've done them all in person, and I've done them all between I think 44 minutes and an hour and 11 minutes. Sweet. And I yeah, that's what's seemed, up with the hour and 11. I think they're just like a, that's the container. It's <laughs> okay. like 44 minutes to an hour and 11. <laughs> And I'm open to breaking normal. You know, I'm not. Yeah, I'm just yeah, saying yeah. this is my well, this, visionary. This, you, you know this what I've sensed from you right now? I've sensed this entire experience is breaking normal for you. Oh yeah, right. I, yeah, for sure. Like yeah. a little bit, a little bit of this has been an edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 This, oh, is, this is the whole beauty. Oh, right it. there. 
uh, my higher self was trying to censor you as you were putting me on the spot. Yeah, Just yeah, kidding. Yeah, yeah. Or was he? Because not? no, because a big part of podcasting for me has been like, um, how do I just capture something where it's universal truth? Like here we are in 2019, but stuff has come through you that could be applied to any year. Me too. And I think that's the whole magic of a conversation is this will be recorded forever. Who knows? Like 50 years from now, somebody will listen, right? And something they'll hear will stick to their soul. And I think that's the whole magic of conversation. If you really look at the etymology of conversating, right? It's two people coming together. There's a convergence of information. And so what deems that information true? It's the one that we feel is true. It's the one that actually sticks to us when we hear it. So, yeah, it's, it's amazing how um, we're all, we all have pockets full of forest, <laughs> meaning that like we can plant a seed any moment we want. Our pockets yeah. are full of a forest and that seed can turn into a tree. And depending on how you're planting those seeds with your words, man, yeah, you definitely, definitely changing the game. I like how you speak in metaphor. You know, that's like a true intelligence marker is somebody that communicate by metaphor. Have you always communicated by metaphor? <laughs> that's a good question. I definitely, you're a good affirmer. I'm I, I'm getting more and more suspicious that every day my um, love language, if I if love languages are real and they're, um, yeah. one of my main archetypes might be af- affirmation. Okay. Um, but I like touch. I like to be touched, Me too, y'all. that's what I think. That's I like, my I main like being one. touched and I like affirmation. <laughs> but, but touch, a, affir- it might be TA. We might both be TAs. Hey, I'm, I'm down with that. <laughs> Speaking of, have I, I don't know, actually. I definitely uh, more, probably more in the last 10 years, especially since I ever smoked ganja. Definitely more metaphorical. It's like, oh, we, hey now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the plants, not, not, and then the plants now, it's like, oh, not, what else is there here to partner with that will completely shift my reality? Oh, like every person, every person I connect with, can, any conversation I have could completely change my life forever. And I think understanding that as a truth leaves me open to that truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, that's the universal truth, man, is I can sit with you. Like, even in just hanging out with you for what? I've been here an hour and a half or something. And I'm like, I didn't know this was possible, that someone could live in a place like this and travel the world and have retreats. Like, that's a whole new reality that I've never even thought about. Like, I've never even mm-hmm. conceptualized that. Yeah, I go down this, uh, I walk down to the spring pretty much every day since I've been here multiple times. And there's a girl that just sits down there naked every day that meditates, super powerful, awesome woman. And I'm thinking like, man, that's a shame that other people haven't given themselves the freedom to do this. This girl's like literally found <laughs> the source of water in the town. And she's sitting like in the one spot in the sunlight, like with, you know, open legs, just right there in the, yeah. the... Now people get naked in Sedona, man. This is a naked town. <laughs> yeah. Every but time I go down to the stream, there's some couple uh, naked. I did it. I did it with... My girlfriend, when I was here last time, as it's powerful. Yeah, the more I see that, the more I'm like reminded. And I'm a big believer in nakedness. I've like culturally, Deanna and I have been more private since we've been married. I used to be nude a lot more, but I'm like reminded. I'm like, oh man, like, do other people know they can do this too? Did you know? Did did people know you're listening? They could sit in the sun and naked and meditate. I I finally, (laughs) it took this conversation with you to actually understand what breaking normal actually is. This is like a giant permission slip. 
Mm. You, you, you meet somebody and you're like, what kind of permission slip should I write? And you're writing them a permission slip and you hand them a permission slip. Is that essentially what this is? I like that a lot. Re- for real? Is yeah, that, yeah. Is that what like you're that, doing? The golden permission, like the golden ticket, like permission slip. Like, Legitimately though, does that yeah, make, does Yeah, that feel I do right? have boundaries. Like I have boundaries, phys- like health and safety, like physically and safety. But I am yeah. very, like I can hold a space for someone. You want to be, you want to do something weird? As long as it's safe for me and you, go for it. I don't care. Like, shit, I don't know what I'm doing either exactly. People, well, people listening, like, they already know you as the host of your show, but for Wellness Force, like, why Why would they come? Like, why would they come be drawn to you? Hmm. Yeah, I think for that, I think that's, like, you, like, I like the theme. I've heard it in so many different ways, and that's why I think I like to leave it open because I get to hear the interpretation of the receiver and I love that. I like. I'm thinking of myself as a kid, and like my third grade teacher, who I had the hardest time with, has like just came to me like, "Hey, Daniel, like I've been. It's I, I don't know what happened. I've been projecting on you, and I got brainwashed, and <laughs> I want to like ask for your forgiveness. And I, I, you know, what I want you to do is have a golden permission slip to do whatever you want, whenever you want, and you don't even have to tell. As long as it's safe and healthy." You go for it, and I want to support you in that. And I want to, like, even I'll record you, and I'll share it with the world, and I'll, like, promote it. I'll promote it if I think it's, like, worth promoting. Yeah. And uh, that's, I think that's what I'm, that's what it is. And that can be scary for people because a lot of people are addicted to relating to their parents in a subdued way. Like, a lot of people don't want to metaphorically let go of the relationship to their parents, and their parents may have limited like their projections maybe limitations so yeah. they hold on to those to stay connected with their parents or whatever it is and uh i think i am giving that permission to like hey ma'am like i for some reason i seem pretty pretty respectful like people seem to think like hey he's taking care of things somewhat well i'll 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 consider what daniel's saying and if yeah. you're going to consider what i'm saying then yeah here's your giant permission slip to not give a fuck <laughs> what you think or anyone else thinks when you're living by your heart in a healthy way, as weird as it may seem. I know you've had – how many people have have come to these events over the course of 10 years? I don't know, man, a lot. A hundreds lot. And let's hundreds, just say – Maybe a thousand. Maybe a thousand. So is there is there one in this moment that pops up where it really tugs on your heart where you saw somebody come in and maybe they were like a little cowery, you know, like you could, you could mm-hmm. sense something in them and then years later you see them just exploded? Like who is that? Do you have somebody like that? <laughs> JP is definitely a great connect. Like he wasn't cowardly compared to your normal Joe. Yeah, because he but was J- he was uh, teaching in the Czech faculty. JP, you know what he's an expert in? He would at, he's specifically at, I think he's an expert at getting uncomfortable. Mm. And um, he would specifically ask me for like my judgments of him. <laughs> and I think I, I'm scared sometimes of my own judgments of other people. But I thought like based on our uh, rapport, I thought he could handle it. And I think I just used to tell him that yeah I think you're just like a professional um, <laughs> eggshell dancer like somehow you are, know how to express almost anything without offending anyone that was wow. my judgment that was my judgment and then all of a sudden uh, I don't know how much I had to do with it or not I hashtag myself the freedom catalyst so I trust somewhat he was offending the shit out of me so much. He keeps offending me. And I'm like, and I knew that was his gene. I was like, Oh, and, and the result, I'm like, okay, well, he took, wow, wow. That he's not doing, I don't, that's no longer my judgment. You offend me now, JP. What's uh, what's a judgment. <laughs> what's a judgment that you have towards myself. <laughs> you know, someone else asked me about this. There's a little context. Yeah. <laughs> you might even, we'll talk. Yeah. I'll bring it up. James Swanwick. <laughs> 
You know him. I think he was on your show yeah, potentially. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no, we did a little clip at Paleo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he asked me this when he was doing the Alpha Man podcast. I think it was called uh, the Alpha Podcast or something yeah. like that. And he and he really wanted me to judge him or insult him. He wanted me to insult him, and I was like, I don't think that's a good idea. Like, well, this is just out of this is the container is weird. And uh, he t- encouraged me to do that, and I told him I thought it was like extremely beta to call his show the Alpha Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like shortly after that, I never saw the Alpha Podcast again. James, oh. me, and you can talk about that. We're friends. He's wow, gifted us. He's gifted cool. us awesome glasses for our events. Yeah, but he's got good glasses. It man. seemed like it was he got triggered. He got affected by it. And I don't know. I, I can definitely um, judge you if you want me to. Yeah, let's judge. Our triggers are our <laughs> teachers. Yeah. This is the first time on a show I've ever asked somebody, what's your judgments towards me? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, my judgment is you're scared to relax. Oh. Like full relaxation. Yeah, that you're just a little, that whatever that might bring up. If you were really relaxed around someone, that you might be concerned about their judgments more than most things. Mm, tell me more about that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You want> me, <laughs> I'm not uh, <laughs> claiming to be a psychic here. I'm just. Uh, does that resonate with you? Does that? I mean, uh, breathing and and anxiety work for me has always been a big piece of my life, right? So there's there's a part of what you're saying that's true and i think there's there's a complex of me where when i'm with somebody and i'm doing a show i'm so interested in learning about them that sometimes i forget to breathe yeah i don't know if it's judging, yeah. judging my breath uh, breath or exactly what it is but um i think you would just be like concerned if you were just fully relaxed in the presence of others you might be concerned of how you would judge their judgments how I would judge their judgments. Yeah. How I would judge their judgments. Tell me, tell me about that. How I would judge. I don't their know. Judgments. Like maybe you would think that you're not performing, or you're not uh, the yes. star, or you're not right, right, right. being social, or you're being by yourself, or you're. I don't know. I don't know that. That was just like a snap judgment. <laughs> no, that's cool. I mean, there's there's truth in it, and it's actually contextual. Like it's situation dependent. You know, like with you, I've been kind of getting to know you as a friend here on the podcast. You know, at the same time. So there's a part of me that's like, mm, maybe maybe like 30% of that is true, you know, because the podcasting is really about getting down to the truth. So there's a piece of that that's true. And I think it's also coming from a place of me just wanting, having the desire for connection, right? Being in that space. Yeah. And it also yeah. might just be pure projection too. Yeah. Well, I'd love to share. I'd love to share with you. Yeah, man. Yeah, so, they, so you have this permission slip. So right. You can do no. whatever you want, whenever you and, want. You want to judge me? You want to pull your pants down? No, and I'll, do whatever you want and, I'll and I'll say, <laughs> I'll say thank you for that because I think what you touched on is actually my work. It's actually if I'm going to be intelligent, it's my, it is my ability to be in full relaxation and acceptance around people. So, um, so yeah, thank you for that. It's beautiful. Yeah, that was pretty basic. Yeah. I could judge anyone for that too. Yeah, I ju- good, I'm man. judging my judgments now. No, it's all Thanks good. Me uh, and I think um, for you, like what what I sense is that you're so much in the flow, like you lead your life in flow, that it all it makes me wonder what's behind the door. It makes me wonder, like on the outside with with social media and everything that you're putting out there, you know sharing the challenges of being a dad sharing the challenges of being in a relationship and like really sharing your deepest darkest challenges i sense might be a really big edge for you to go that deep Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. because 
you're so well put together and you're so out there in the media that, that people are attracted to that part of you. And I almost wonder, like, are you afraid to really share everything? <laughs> yeah, I, the wind is picking up as you're at. That's right. <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would I would say that there was, that's probably definitely the case. Yeah. Um, and I think I do a, a, a good job at doing that. Like, I'm happy how I've done it, and I think there's more for me to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I have um, – especially with the wife like sharing personal things with Deanna it's like I have this feel this like dharma maybe or this duty to be protective yeah so it's like I'm almost willing to break my own nor- my own rules of like transparency to protect yeah. even Deanna's reputation um, not to <laughs> that, that could like the myst- mystery gates are open now sure sure um and maybe I, and I probably do that on my own self as well somehow too maybe yeah especially when it, if maybe it comes to things that people could judge me about the law or like when I think a meme is really strong like like oh my gosh if I said that this crazy person might get so offended that <laughs> I probably still buffer my message but I aim to distill the essence and I like that I feel like I, like what you're like you're calling me up to even more yeah Wow. First time judgments for me on a podcast, man. Thank you, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. This, is, this has been like the, the ultimate breaking normal for me too. And I'm curious from this show, like what what came up for you in sharing a conversation where you weren't a host? And I wasn't really a host either. We were just friends, you know, talking. Yeah, the constant theme of like the white space, the mystery. Like yeah. don't get caught up in whatever has ever been done or whatever you think can be done because something else might be done. And I was very open. I was up here. Before you got here, I'm like, what is the way we're going to do this podcast? Like Greg mentioned recording each other. I'm like, that seems like a good idea, but I'm not sure if I want that. I'm not sure if that's the best. Oh, and then he, he had talked about doing a shared show. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that seems so like, yeah, I was like, that seems like a good idea, but I wasn't sure. And then yeah. I was very uh, like, I was going to leave it up to the moment. I was leaving it up to the moment yeah. rather than thinking like, I have the master plan. Let me control this. And then you were like, why don't we just do an interview? And we both share it on both of our shows. And I was like, yeah, yeah cool that's probably what i was waiting for wow dude well because i can feel from from people that believe in in this discovering for physical and emotional intelligence like yeah you definitely put me on the spot and i appreciated it i put you on. yeah i think i think talking about judgments from other people is a really radical concept oh, to nice, explore in a nice, show. Nice. and also I'm, I'm sure people that that resonate with you they probably sense maybe the judgment that i offered up to you of like really sharing the deep down Mm. So what a navigation of truth, man. Yeah, where are we on this? 105. I think we're good. We're good at the 111 Because <laughs> I was right? going to say, uh, you got seven more minutes if you want to dive deeper behind any of those doors. <laughs> yeah. um, I aim to be quite open, and I could yeah. let you know if I wasn't for um, for any reasons. Sometimes I get obsessed. Like I, get obs- like I have gotten obsessed about like spilling details, and I'm like, was that me distracting myself from something bigger? And I've gotten to the place where I'm like, well, I'll go with the flow. Like, if he asks me about this, I'll talk about it. Yeah. But maybe I don't need to be obsessed with feeling the high from yeah. offering the information about how I get high. <laughs> well, I, I think if I could wave a magic wand, um, what I would say after that is whatever my ultimate dream is, that's where my fears and projections and all my bullshit would come up. So if I were to ask you in, in five years, what's your ultimate dream of creating? What comes up for you there? I think that... um 
that pregnation period period of like me feeling my desires before they happen and then them happening like that the pregnancy to be as blissful as possible and to for the miracles to keep expanding like for it to keep getting like whoa more whoa more whoa i i i do um that's that's my aim and what that looks like is like yeah my me and my family and my friends thriving like thriving and being excited and being inspired and being in awe and being supportive of one another and to just see that spill over like for somehow i think my aim is to see that so much that i'm not sure if it's actually happening on a large scale or not or if i'm just that delusional but it it doesn't matter either way Mm. (laughs) is it quantifiable like is the dream quantifiable for you Oh man, I definitely like the the things that I've created, like my podcast and my book, yeah. and then when the app that's coming out, I want I, I definitely have like goals of numbers because that I think that keeps me that that desire felt right, yeah, and those are numbers. But I think the quantifiableness is like sticking to that goal, and yeah, sticking to that goal until something obvious better arises. I feel like for me, the the ultimate dream would be able to go and have conversations around the world and, and get to the truth uh, and get paid beautifully for it. <laughs> like that, that would be the ultimate dream. And the fear that comes up for me there is, is it possible? Is it possible? And yeah, it's possible because doing it right now with yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's possible because we're doing it right now, you know? So I, I, it's interesting to be waking up from this dream and God, we explored some dope stuff on this podcast man i've really enjoyed uh the philosophy side of you <laughs> yeah so you're doing great work in the world man this has been uh a joy and also like a, an exploration of things that were that were uncomfortable and that's in a good way yeah, fun comfortable C- fun comfortable. that's why i first titled breaking normal before i p- turned it to breaking normal fun comfortable mm-hmm. And I had this famous book agent tell me that was an awful idea. Fun, comfortable. <laughs> Along with other things. <laughs> Along with other things. It was like, it was, I was like, wow, is this, a, is this a test? That's what I thought. I was like, I felt like this was a test. Mm. <laughs> I think he's waiting for me to come back. Well, but that could be my delusional optimism, which could become optimism and truth. A lot of these things I'm going to have to listen to again because you have certain terms that I, I don't yet totally mm, understand. Me, me neither, but I'm getting there too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but if someone has felt something from you in this where where do they go man where do they i would say breakingnormal.com and if you listen to this before september 13th check out internationaltribedesign.com or after because the next event it's gonna will be, be after, up. but yeah. the next event oh it'll be after okay oh so internationaltribedesign.com too which is linked i'll be curious because we're recording this now in sedona where the next tribe design will be everyone has been based sort of on uh almost everyone we didn't uh, announce until the previous one was done and it's kind of, yeah, that calling element. So we'll see. I, I've been thinking about Iceland and Oregon. Oh, that'd be we've, so beautiful. We've done one in Oregon, but another one in a different part of Oregon. Oregon is like a whole country in itself. Yeah. <laughs> wild, wild country. Well, thanks, brother. And yourself. Yourself. I remember this is a dual podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. That's right. I, if someone's learning about you, maybe for the first time or yeah. maybe again, what's yeah, the yeah. best way to find out what's going on? What do you... If you are interested in what true intelligence is and you're on the path like me, then come over to wellnessforce.com and, and share in this discovery process. That's really what I'm doing. You know, I'm just discovering my truth and, and sharing that with people that are doing the same. 
and so it's Wellness Force Radio is the podcast and wellnessforce.com. We haven't done any retreats yet. These retreats sound pretty fun. I could, yeah. Wellness Force retreat we could, sounds like a great, has could, a great resonance to it. We could link this up, man. Yeah. Well, well here comes, here comes uh, 111. Right there, seed planted. Right wellness at, Force retreat. Right at the mark, man. So. Hummingbird just flew right by my head when I said that. These, thank you for joining me in such a magical environment. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. Peace in, y'all. This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. 